Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Turn to 2 Thessal- Thessalonians chapter 2. Told you in the email on Friday that the next few weeks we're going to be unpacking this chapter of Scripture because I believe we are living in the last of the last days. I believe the time clock that God has set is coming very closely to expiring. I don't know when that would happen. I don't have that answer. I simply know my responsibility and your responsibility is, number one, to be ready, be full of the Holy Ghost, and number two, be telling somebody the time is short. Now is the time to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I'm reading two verses as we start this morning, just verses one and two from the New King James Version of the Bible. The scripture says it this way, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Father, I pray that you take the time that's devoted to your word this morning and you would pour the Spirit of God in and through your word. Open our hearts, open our minds, convict and convince today that the time is short. Turn the hearts of men and women towards you and let their lives be transformed. Fill believers again with the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit and let them become the witnesses you called us to be. We ask these things in the name above all names, in Jesus' name, amen. I said it once, I'll say it again. I do believe we're living in the last of the last days. I do believe that God's clock is getting ready to expire and the next prophetic event that will happen in the, in the world is the rapture of the church, taking us home to be with Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, if you go and read the first part of verse 3 in that chapter, it says, let no man deceive you, or let no one deceive you. We need to understand today that there's a lot of false teaching, a lot of false prophets that surround us. It has become easy for the Western church to believe a lie. Why has it become easy? Because we have turned away from the Word of God. We don't read the Word, we don't study the Word, we don't memorize the Word, we don't digest the Word. The only Word we get is on Sunday morning, and sometimes we're not even paying attention then. I've come to tell you this morning, if you're going to stand in that last of the last days, the Word of God has got to be planted deeply in your heart and in your mind. Because it is God's Word, when activated by Holy Spirit, that gives you transformational power that enables you to be a believer who will stand in those times. Paul said it this way in Acts 20, 24, when days are tough, and you all know Paul's history, he went through beatings and imprisonments and shipwrecks and stonings. His life was hard. His body was a wreck because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But he said it this way in Acts 20, 24, none of these things move me. What's he talking about? Talking about the beatings, the stonings, the imprisonments the shipwrecks, being bit by a poison viper, all of those things, none of these things move me, neither count my life dear unto myself that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry that God has set before me. I pray today that some in this room would stand up and say, none of these things move me. 
I'm not going to be moved by what affects me in the physical. I'm going to stand. I'm going to believe. I'm going to trust. And God will see me through. Can I get real personal for just a minute? Too many in the church world think they live under a generational curse. I've got news for you. If you're a born-again believer, that curse was broken the moment the blood of Christ was applied to your life. And anytime some whacked-out preacher tries to tell you you're living under a generational curse, you need to stand up and rebuke that because you are not as a born-again believer. Every curse is broken by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are not cursed. You are blessed by the Most High God. You walk in His favor. You live in His mercy. You're bathed in His grace. Oh, come on, somebody. Get rid of that stinking thinking and realize I am not under a curse. Here's the truth that's going to hurt. Most of the times your behavior is not dictated by a generational curse. It's dictated by generational decisions. You continue to make the wrong decisions and feel like you're still living under a curse because you act just like your mom and daddy and your grandma and grandpa. I've come to tell you, this is the last of the last days. It's time to shake off that which restrains, to break the shackles from your life, to move beyond your past and stand and declare, I know my Redeemer lives. And I want to stand before him. I've come to tell you, when you're born again, he sets you free. Then it's up to you to walk in that liberty. It's up to you to bathe in that liberty every single day. There is absolutely no reason for you as a believer to be bound. Other than you haven't got your mind in line with the word of God. And you'll never get your mind in line with the word of God until you fill your mind with the word of God. We've got to understand the power of God's word is unlocked in us when Holy Spirit anoints that word and causes it to be meat and life to you and me. Then you can stand in that day of testing. And then you can say, I rebuke you, Satan. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Then you can say, oh, you must be talking about somebody else. That's not the person I am. Yeah, that's in my past. That's in my history. But I am way beyond that today. What am I saying to you? I'm saying you don't have to keep saying I'm an alcoholic. When you're born again for the blood of Jesus Christ, he breaks that off of you. He gives you new hope, a new name, new destiny, a new future. When we understand that. See, there's so much false teaching in the church today. And this is what Paul is addressing to the church at Thessalonica. When you read Acts 17, you'll find that Paul was only there for three Sabbaths or three weeks. He showed up, he preached in the synagogue, Jews and Greeks both were converted. Then there was a big riot in the city because of his preaching, and he had to leave in order to save his life. Three weeks, he was with this church. So when you read First and Second Thessalonians, you have to keep that in mind and hear what Paul is saying to these baby Christians. Literally, they were thrown into the fire. They had to face a lot of opposition, a lot of persecution. You can see that in chapter 1 of 2 Thessalonians. And in writing this letter, he's not just writing to encourage them. He's writing to correct them. Because a false teaching and a false doctrine has been spreading through this young church. Someone is giving them false information. 
and it's troubling them. We read our text this morning, and Paul said, don't become unsettled or alarmed because of what you hear. Now, folks, people may not be speaking false doctrine into your life from a religious perspective, but I'm going to tell you that they do it every day through the media. Our politicians are great at this very thing. Do you realize politicians create problems so then they convince you that they're the only ones who can fix the problems? Think about that for just a moment. Every day, there is reason for you in your faith to be unsettled, for you to be alarmed. But Paul said, don't let it happen to you. That describes so many of us today in the modern church. You realize that every New Testament writer spoke of the deception that will come in the last days. Every single one, none omitted it. Everyone has it in their writings. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 24, verse 4, Take heed that no man deceive you. What's the context of that passage? He sat down on the Mount of Olives. The disciples gathered around. They said, tell us. What will be the sign of your coming? And the first words out of his mouth, isn't this amazing? Take heed that no one deceives you. Take heed that no person deceives you. Take heed that no doctrine deceives you. Do you understand the purpose of false truth, of false doctrine, is to incite fear. And when you fear, then you begin to doubt. And when you doubt, you drift into unbelief. And when you drift into unbelief, you find yourself no longer anchored to the truth and the authority of God's word, but rather believing every lie Satan feeds into your heart and mind. The whole purpose of false teaching is to fear. We see it in this passage because they were unsettled. They were alarmed in their spirit. They were shaken, the King James says, in their mind and troubled because of what they were hearing and what they had been told. I've come to tell you this morning, it's time for the American church to return to the Word of God and the teachings of Jesus Christ. I don't care how many people follow that preacher. I don't care how big the television audience. If they're not preaching truth, you need to turn it off. Matter of fact, let me say it even a little stronger than this. You should never accept what comes from any pulpit without measuring it against the Word of God, and that includes this one. You need to go home and read the Word, study the Word. Is that accurate? Is that true? Is that what it means? Or was it twisted? Was it manipulated? Was it pulled out of context in order to promote an agenda that's not God's, but rather man's? Let me tell you some of the things the American church has believed, some of the falsehoods. We believe that the gospel focuses on self-improvement. And we're going to live our best life now. I'm telling you, if that's really true, I'm checking it in. I'm done. Because if this is the best life, do you hear what I'm saying? If this is the best life, if I become the best I can be and this is the best life, I don't want any part of it. But I'm looking forward to a day when I will hear the king say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord. I'm looking for the day when there will be no tears and no sorrow and no pain and no heartache and disease will be. Oh, somebody, if this is the best life, I'm out. I'm out. I want nothing to do with it. If this is the best life, then I believe the lie. And you believe the lie. 
Because there is coming a day. I wish I could sing, I'd sing it for you. When we're going to spend eternity in heaven with the Lord God Almighty. Oh, folks, hear me. If all you see is today in this life, you have missed the point of the gospel. The gospel is to bring eternal life, not temporal, physical life. Another lie the church has believed in America is when everything we hear focuses on health, wealth, and prosperity. Why? Because it turns its attention to me and what I can get from the gospel. Now, I'm going to be real with you. Jesus didn't say, follow me and you're going to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. He said, follow me, pick up your cross and die every day. He said, in order for you to live, you have to die. He said, in order for you to gain, you have to give up. I love the way you're shouting now. I'm preaching truth to you this morning. You need to digest it. If you don't believe it, measure it against the word of God. See, I'm confident it is the word of God. Another lie that the modern churches believed is, oh, we can go to church. We don't have to repent. We can say a little prayer and go to heaven. No, my friend, when you accept Jesus Christ, it requires repentance. Repentance indicates a 180 degree turn from the life that you were living to the life that you will now live. It means leaving the past behind you, shedding the sin and the shackles, turning away from those things that destroy you and embracing the only source of power in life, which is Jesus Christ. Now, there's no need for holiness or separation. What about be holy for I am holy? What about you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood? How about your blood bought? So we need to understand when we submit our lives to the authority of Christ, we live by a different standard. It's not a list of rules and regulations. I'm not going to give you do's and don'ts, but I'm going to tell you when you accept Christ and you determine to be his child, there should be some change in your life that reflects that encounter. The things that you used to do should be falling away. Listen, I'm telling you as a believer, you don't have to cuss every other word. It's not pleasing to God. You don't have to get drunk on Saturday night and drag into service on Sunday morning. It's not pleasing to God. It's time for the church to wake up and realize we are called to holiness and to separation from the world. That doesn't mean we dress weird or talk weird. It means we live weird. Let me define that. By the world's standards, we're a bunch of weirdos. We just don't fit in. Well, that's the way it should be because the Bible says we're pilgrims and strangers. We're sojourning into a better life. Quit trying to fit in. Quit trying to assimilate with a culture that is destructive to Christianity and to your life and begin to stand in the power of God. One more. How about the false truth that if you're black, you got to go to a black church. If you're white, you got to go to a white church. If you're Hispanic, you got to go to a Spanish church. If you're Asian, you've got to go to a Chinese or Japanese or Indian church. 
See, those are lies sown by Satan to destroy and become destructive in the body of Christ. Who are we here? We are all nations. That's why we had those four individuals pray in languages most of us do not understand. Because God is not just a God of the white middle class English church. He's the God of the universe. And there are believers around the world of every color, every culture, every language represented in the body of Christ. And it's time for you and I to stand up and resist that lie. Resist it. Because it is a lie from the pit of hell. I look across this congregation and I see all kinds of colors and all kinds of languages. And may I tell you, that's the way it should be. The church of Jesus Christ should reflect the community to whom it's called to reach. And if we don't, there's something wrong with us. Listen, if you can be happy, I don't know, I just can't get off of this. If you can be happy sitting in your white church with your white preacher and your white worship team, surrounded by people that look just like you do, something's wrong with you. And you're going to be very, very uncomfortable when you cross the gate into heaven. If, let me rephrase that, if you cross into heaven. Because I've come to tell you today, prejudice is a sin. Division by ethnic groups and cultures is a sin. And it's time for you to understand, yeah, this is an anomaly in the South. This doesn't happen in the South. You know how many times I've been told in the last almost eight years, yeah, but uh, you have blacks in that church, I'm not going to come. Good riddance. Don't darken the door. You know how many times I've been told, yeah, but you got whites in that church, I'm not going to come. Good riddance. Don't darken the door. Listen to me, friend, when we talk about division caused by preachers. I'm going to say it one more time. Division caused by preachers who want to control a portion of the population by feeding them lies. We're living in the last of the last days. We're living at a day and at a time when at any moment the trumpet could sound. And the Lord himself can descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ are going to arise first. Then we which are alive and remain, that's me and you, are going to be caught up together to meet them in the clouds. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. Church, it's time to remember, get away from false teaching. Flee from false doctrine. Run from those that are trying to manipulate you by telling you things that are not true, are not biblical. And I'm telling you this morning, there's some in this room and some online. You need to start examining what you're taking into your life. And just because it says Christian or preacher or pastor doesn't mean it's coming from the word of God. We are to be wise as serpents, but wisdom has left the church today. James said, if any man lack wisdom, there's a remedy. Let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally. So if you're in that place that you don't know truth from error, you can't discern those things, you need to start praying that God would give you wisdom to know and understand the word of God. Let me say it one more time. Anytime you listen to any preacher, this pulpit included, you better measure what's being said, what's being taught against the standard of God's word. 
And if it's not in accordance with God's word, you need to reject it. You need to push it away. I don't want any part of that. I don't want that in my life. It's interesting that when you go back to Acts 17, when the church of Thessalonica was started, Paul there referenced the church at Berea, which was started before the church in Thessalonica. And he said it this way in verse 11, Acts 17, the Bereans were a more noble character than the Thessalonians. For they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. That's your mandate. That's your mandate. Examine the word every day to see if what's being said is true. If you don't have a Bible, I'll buy you one. If you can't read the King James, I'll get you a version you can read. If you can't read printed stuff, then download you version and you can listen to the word and let it pour into your life. I've come to tell you, we're living a day and an age where technology is so advanced, there's no excuse for any believer in America not to be able to hear and understand God's word. Other than we just don't want to. We say we don't have time. Are you kidding me? You make time for everything else. You make time for everyone else. Stop omitting God and God's word from your life. Begin to embrace the word of God and see what happens. Because in the last of the last days, it's going to require great faith and great stability to stand. The opposition will grow greater. The pressure will become intensified. Even persecution can happen in America. You should be praying for believers in Afghanistan because the Taliban will kill them when they find them. There's no question about it. They're a bunch of godless heathen destined for hell, and now we've given the country to them. You should be praying for the church in Afghanistan. You should be praying for the Americans that are still there that haven't been brought out. You should be praying for the Afghanis who have helped our forces through the years against this enemy. That's all I'm going to say about that. But you better be praying. You see, I'm convinced that if your faith isn't deep and your faith isn't strong, you will not stand in the last of the last days. You'll fold. You'll bow in fear. You won't be able to do as Daniel said, I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to pray to any other God but the God of the heavens. You're not going to be able to do as the three Hebrews said, we would rather burn than bow to you and your idols. Not going to be able to do that. But the day is coming when you're going to be sorted. You're going to be tested. You're going to be tried. And only when you are grounded in God's word and full of the Holy Spirit and your faith is anchored in him will you stand. Okay, let me get real personal. If you don't, and I'm borrowing a comment from Dr. Edith Davis. If you don't have the faith to bring your tithe and your offering to the Lord... You don't have the faith to stand. Everything that comes against you is going to rock you. Everything that confronts you, you're going to want to give up. Every time you get sick, every time you lose a job, every time there's financial pressure, you're going to say, I quit. I can't do this. I love the way you're shouting now. Thank you, Pastor Isaiah. He and I are on the same page. The rest of you need to get there. I'm telling you, if you can't bring the first fruits of the blessing God has poured out in your life to the Lord, 
You don't have the faith to do that because you think, then I won't have enough money to pay my bills. You're not going to have the faith to stand. You're going to fold like a cheap tent. And the devil will consume you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you give us faith to stand. In this room, those watching today, tomorrow, in the future, infuse them with Holy Ghost power. Cause them to say, it doesn't matter what I encounter or what comes my way or the sickness, the disease, the financial stress or strain. It doesn't matter how much death I encounter. No matter what comes my way, I will stand for Jesus Christ. And I'll do that because His Word is hid in my heart. Because His Holy Spirit flows me and fills every day. Because I know that I know, that I know. This life is not the end. The grave doesn't mean it's over. But there is something better awaiting everyone who believes in Jesus Christ and accepts Him as their Lord and Savior. As your heads are already bowed, just you're here this morning, you've never accepted Christ. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins. Come into your heart and your life. You need to do that today because if you don't, you're going to split hell wide open. The only remedy, the only way of escape from the destiny of eternal punishment is the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. So you're in this room this morning and say, wow, you just talked to me. And I want to do something different. I want to accept him. I want my life to change. That's you. Right where he says, slip up your hand. Pray for me. Pray for me. You made it to the end of the message. And now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 1030 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.